This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. John chapter 6, as we continue our series through the Gospel of John, Portraits of Christ. Chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son Jesus. And we pray that you would speak to our hearts as we look together at your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus is the bread of life. We're going to be answering the following questions, but the question that is most important is, who is Jesus to you? So if you study John chapter 6, and you are a biblical scholar, you recognize that there are Six different main audiences or characters in John chapter 6. You have to know some technical jargon. That the 12 represent the 12 disciples. That the Jews, that expression, the Jews, represent the Jewish leaders who are antagonistic towards Jesus. And that the word disciples can be used generally as those who are followers of Jesus, but not necessarily 
committed to him like the 12. So with those technical concepts uh, laid out, we're going to walk through John chapter 6, and we're going to answer one question, who was Jesus to each of these different groups? To the crowds, to the disciples, to the Jews, to the 12, and then we're going to finally hear from Jesus himself who he is. So let's begin with who is Jesus to the crowds? In John chapter 6, verse 12, it says, A great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. May I just say right at this point, these are ambulance chasers. You know what an ambulance chaser is, don't you? That is, when they see an ambulance rushing to a, a scene of crisis, they speed up behind the flashing lights and the siren because they want to catch the action. So these people wanted to see more healings, and they were following Jesus because they were ambulance chasers. In John 6, 14-15, after the people saw the sign Jesus performed of feeding 5,000 men plus women plus children, they began to say, surely this is the prophet referring to Deuteronomy 15, where Moses said, there will be one like me, a prophet, speaking of the Messiah. Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. And Jesus, knowing that they intended to make him king by force, withdrew again to the mountain by himself. So what did the crowd think of Jesus? Who was Jesus to the crowd? He was a miracle worker. He was... This prophet that Moses spoke about, the Messiah, and as Messiah, he's going to be the king that delivers them from the oppression of the Roman government. Here's our man. We're going to put him in charge, and he'll get rid of the Gentiles ruling over us. When Jesus went to the other side, of the Sea of Galilee, and it tells us he walked across the water. Uh, the people didn't know that. All they knew is that he was on this side up in the mountain, his disciples had gone before him in a boat, and somehow he ended up on the other side. And they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And they called him teacher, so they acknowledged him as teacher. And Jesus said, verily, truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. So Jesus calls them out. Not only are you ambulance chasers, you're looking for free food. That's the shallow level of the crowd. They might call him the prophet. They might call him king. They might call him rabbi. But as far as they're concerned, Jesus is, is an entertaining show that does magic, and he provides banquets. That's the kind of person we want to follow. That's who Jesus was to the crowds. But Jesus said this to them in John 6, 27. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Jesus is the authenticated 
uh, Messiah, the Son of God, the Son of Man, who gives eternal life to all who believe in him. So you might eat food and be temporarily satisfied, but I guarantee you uh, hours later, you're going to be hungry again. But when you trust in Jesus Christ, who's the bread of life, he forgives you of your sins, gives you spiritual life, gives you eternal life, and comes into you by his Holy Spirit, and he truly satisfies you. And you're safe in his arms for eternity. And so, having heard this, there's a crowd who are shallow ambulance chasers and looking for free food and see Jesus as a meal ticket. And then there are within that crowd those who want to be followers of Jesus, those who want to be learners of Jesus, those who want to be disciples of Jesus. And so they ask Jesus some questions. Question number one, John 8, uh, 6, verses 8 to 35, tell us, then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? They had heard Jesus say, don't work for food that doesn't endure or satisfy, but work for the food that does endure, the food that I will give you. And as soon as they heard work, because they were legalistic and they wanted to know what rules they had to follow, they were saying, what must we do? They missed the fact that Jesus had said, I will give you this food unto eternal life. It's not nothing you could work for. It's nothing you can earn. It's something you must receive. So Jesus' answer, going along with the, their misunderstanding, he says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So how does a disciple who wants to really follow Jesus and embrace all that Jesus represents uh, receive this gift of eternal life? Belief. The whole Gospel of John is a gospel of belief. It's written that you might believe in Jesus. The second question these would-be disciples ask is, so what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? For the people wanted miracles to verify that he's from God and he's speaking the truth. So they mention an example. They said, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So quoting several uh, Old Testament passages, the people are saying, okay, now, if you're the Messiah, if you're the Son of Man, uh, if you can give us eternal life by believing in you, prove it by doing a miracle. And talk about miracles. You might have fed 5,000, but you used food. You used um, these two pieces of bread and these, these five pieces of bread, barley loaves, and these two fish. But Moses, our great spiritual leader from the past, he caused manna to rain from heaven. Can you top that? And Jesus said in John 6, 20, 32 to 33, very truly, I tell you, it's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is 
the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So, someone greater than Moses is here, Jesus. And it's God the Father who sends the bread from heaven. He sent me, and I give life to all who will trust in me, who will receive me, who will come to me and look to me and believe in me. I am the true bread from heaven. But they don't get this. They're thinking in terms of physical, material things. They're like, sir, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. And this is the first I am of the seven I am statements in the Gospel of John, where Jesus shows that he is God. And he says, I am who I am, using the sacred name Yahweh, the verb to be, in saying, I am God, and I am the true bread who will nourish your soul to salvation. You eat me, and you're saved, and you're safe in my arms. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He even goes on to say, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Now at this, the people were in shock. The would-be disciples were in shock. Eat my flesh and drink my blood? That's not even allowed in our Jewish faith. We're, we're not cannibals, and we'll never be cannibals. So it says in John 6, 60-66, On hearing this, many of his would-be disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples, the would-be disciples, were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Yet there are some of you who do not believe. And from this time, many of his would-be disciples turned back and no longer followed him. So you can see, at first they were curious, at first they were asking good questions, but then, when they heard Jesus say, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, they said, I'm out of here. This guy's crazy. But what was Jesus doing? Jesus was not saying, you must physically, literally, eat my flesh and drink my blood. He was saying, you must believe in me and come to me and look to me to assimilate me into your body, to assimilate me into your life. You must receive me the living word so that you have life. That's our Lord's point to them. But they were thinking materially and physically, not spiritually. And uh, let me just stop here and say that in the Catholic faith, um, there's a point in communion where the priest says words in Latin, hocus pocus. Now, we hear the words hocus pocus and we think of a magic trick. But when it's said in a Latin mass, that is the moment when the bread and the cup literally become the flesh and the blood of Jesus Christ, according to what Catholics believe. And the reason they believe it is 
partly because of how they interpret John chapter 6. Unfortunately, they missed the point that Jesus was not saying, you must literally eat my flesh and drink my blood. He was saying, as a metaphor and figuratively, you must come to me, you must believe in me, you must feed on me the living word and have it abide in you, nourishing you for salvation. And it's not the act of communion that saves you. So that's the important point here. The, the disciples then did not get it. Would-be disciples then didn't get it. And some people don't get it today. What about the Jews, the, the religious leaders who opposed Jesus? What did they think of Jesus? In John 6, 41 to 42, at this, the Jews, again, the phrase, the Jews, in the Gospel of John is a technical phrase. It means the religious leaders of the day who opposed Jesus. Whenever you read that in the Gospel of John, that's shorthand for the religious leaders who opposed Jesus. At this, the Jews there began to grumble. Just like the people grumbled about manna in the wilderness, here these religious leaders were grumbling about Jesus because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they had a problem with that. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? We know where he lives. We know his family. How can he say he came down from heaven? We've got a problem with that. Jesus said, stop grumbling among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Isaiah 54, 13. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. Jesus is saying that the only way a person comes to faith is that the Holy Spirit of God gives them the spiritual eyes to be open to see their need for a Savior and trust in the Lord. The Father draws them unto himself. The Greek word for draw is literally drags them. So there's a powerful pull from the Lord that enables a spiritually dead person to receive Christ and to be saved. And those who come to the Lord are those who honor God the Father. And of course, they would be willing to accept and believe and follow God the Son. But no, these religious leaders were not that way. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here's the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. He's saying he's going to lay down his life, his body, as a sacrifice for our sins, dying vicariously in our place to pay the penalty for sin and take the wrath of God for our sin that we deserve. So who is Jesus to the Jews in chapter 6, 52 to 56? 
Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. First they were grumbling, now they're arguing sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father's soul, the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus is pointing out the supremacy of him being the bread of life versus the manna. So the manna that was under Moses that God provided from heaven People ate it, and eventually they still got hungry again, and eventually they died. But when you trust in Jesus Christ, you have your sins forgiven, and you have eternal life. It's the bread that endures. It's the bread that's eternal. By trusting in Jesus as our Savior, the one who laid down his life for you and gave his body and blood for you, you will live forever. Finally, uh, in this group of people reacting to Jesus, who is Jesus to the 12 disciples? In John 6, 67 to 70, Jesus turns to his disciples and says, do you want to leave too? And he asks this of the 12, the 12 being the technical phrase for the ones he selected, he chose to follow him. Simon Peter answered on behalf of the entire group. He said, Lord... To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. So obviously, the twelve hung on to Jesus because he is the source of truth and there's no other place to go to get the truth than Jesus, the Lord. Now, who is Jesus according to Jesus? He said in John 6, 62, then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. There he goes pointing out that the metaphor of the flesh was an illustration and not to be taken literally. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. So just as Peter said, you have the words of eternal life, Jesus said, I pre-existed, I was God in heaven before I came down to earth, and everything I say gives spiritual life to those who believe in me. Who is Jesus according to Jesus? He says, no one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Jesus is claiming very clearly he is God. Who is Jesus according to Jesus? But it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Not just to the Jewish people, but to all who believe. The world. And who is Jesus? According to Jesus, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Now I made this slide. So you can see the parallel. What does it mean to eat the flesh and drink the blood? It means to come to Jesus 
it means to believe in Jesus. And in the next section, it means to look to the Son. It means to believe in Him. That's what it means to eat and to drink. It's not a literal eating and drinking at communion. So here is a beautiful passage of Jesus describing himself. He says, you know what? I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he had given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. This is wonderful. Jesus is saying, I pre-existed as God. Jesus said, I'm from God. Jesus said, I am the bread who gives life to the whole world. Jesus says, come to me, believe in me, look to me, believe in me, eat me, drink me, assimilate me, completely allow me into your life, be a devoted follower of me. I have eternal life. And when you trust in me, I will preserve your faith and I will make sure you don't fall out of salvation and you will be raised up to eternal life from the grave physically one day. Because he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. Isn't this wonderful? Now, let's put it all together in one slide. Who was Jesus to the crowds? The Burger King. Right? The crowds wanted free food, and they wanted him to be king to get rid of the Romans. So to the crowds, Jesus was the Burger King. Who was Jesus to the disciples? The would-be disciples had interest. They asked him questions, but then when he taught and they didn't understand, they abandoned him. They turned on their heels and walked away. Jesus was offensive to them because of his hard teaching. Who was Jesus to the Jews? To the Jewish leaders who rejected Jesus and and, and opposed him, he was nothing but a human being. We know your father and mother. Is this man from heaven? Is he going to give us eternal life? I don't think so. He's just a man. Who was Jesus to the twelve? According to the testimony of Peter, on behalf of the twelve, you are Lord with the words of life. You're the Lord of life, the Holy One of God. And who is Jesus according to Jesus? Jesus doesn't give us any option to say he was a great teacher or he was a martyr dedicated to a cause. Jesus says, I am God. I am Savior. I am Lord. Now here's the question. Who is Jesus to you? As you look at these options, are you looking to Jesus for what you can get out of him? Are you looking to Jesus and saying, there's some things he teaches that I don't really like, and I'm going to pick the things I like and, uh, and, and do substitute other things I prefer? Is he but a mere human being, a man, just a man to you? Or is he Lord of life? 
is the divine Savior and Lord. Let's bow, and I want you to talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, this morning to me, you are. Would you just tell the Lord what you think of him? Who is the Lord Jesus to you? Tell him. Jesus loves you. And he said very clearly, believe on me. Come to me. Look to me for life. I will sustain you. I will feed you with eternal life. Trust in me. Would you say, yes, Lord, I believe you are who you said you are, and I trust in you right now. I trust in you as my Savior and my Lord. I feed upon you by reading your word and praying and listening to you and obeying you. Lord, I want to follow you. And thank you. You're saving my soul, and you're going to save my body, raising it up on the last day. Thank you, Jesus that your salvation is complete. You're going to redeem my soul, my spirit, my body. Through and through, you'll save me. Thank you, Lord. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530 530- 8920521 call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's word